Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, Dewey Thompson, Ray Lyon, and Brianna Larimer share their decades of experience training in workplaces across the nation and talk to other experts about what it takes to be a team player, a great manager, and a leader others want to follow. This is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, we have Missouri Training Institute, Dewey Thompson, Ray Lyon, and myself, Brianna Larimer. And we are talking today about being Frank. Frank, do we have anybody that we know named Frank? Uh, I don't actually know a Frank. I don't either. I had a groomsman in my wedding that was named Frank. Uh, Okay. Missing lots. So... When we think about this, uh, really what we're getting at is um, this idea of honest communication. So I know that research does say that the number one pitfall, if you will, for high performance on teams is this. But why? The inability to reach kind of that pinnacle with teams achieving at high levels is probably their inability to have these honest conversations. I would agree. Um, I think, you know, when you take a look at uh, Bruce Tuckman with the forming, storming, norming, and performing, those really high performing teams are ones where they are able to be frank and honest with one another. Um, they're willing to accept that something's not going right. So, you know, not going so well right here. So we need to fix it. We need to bring those things out into the open. Um, we need to poke at them a little bit. We need to come up with some kind of solutions and just move on. On. But I think it's because we are too afraid of what we might say and how that might hurt somebody's feelings, how that might um, uh, a difference of opinion may lead to even more conflict. So mm-hmm. oftentimes we just kind of avoid those things. Yeah. And then they fester. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know, yeah. it does. It does. It requires a lot of trust. Mm-hmm. Um, I, You know, you would think with teams that have had a lot of history, you know, oh, just because we've worked together for a really long time, we should be able to have these kinds of honest conversations. And what we know, that's that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Just because we've worked together um, a long time doesn't necessarily mean that we've built the level of trust that it would take to have a maybe, you know, a more honest conversation. Well, I think that's really interesting, Ray, because, um, you know, when I think about trust, it's not whether you have it or not, you have to remember that it kind of ebbs and flows, right? You and I can do a lot to build a lot of trust together um, and then something can happen, right? And boom, some of that trust evaporates. So it's it's never a, a steady thing. It's something that you have to continuously tend to, I believe. Sure. Well, we've talked about it as, as it pertains to making deposits right. into somebody's emotional bank account, social emotional bank account. So how much do you have on deposit mm-hmm. with someone? And then when that trust is challenged, what is the level of withdrawal you're making from their trust bank account, so to speak? But I think you know, maybe having that honest conversation doesn't necessarily mean that it's a withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Or it could just be a temporary loan. And <laughs> That's a good way to put it. You yeah. know, it, it, it's paid back with interest because of just what 
you're gaining out of having that honest conversation mm-hmm. and it comes back, you know, even stronger mm-hmm. because the team has learned from it or even that relationship has been built. But definitely, I think when teams are struggling, you know, you can tie it back to this. I, we're not having conversations. Right. Right. I think we I think we have a lot of avoidance at the workplace. Right. We're too afraid of, you know, the outcome of a particular conversation. We're too afraid about how somebody might damage our own self-esteem or how might we damage somebody else's esteem. Uh, So I think there's lots of reasons why people just avoid these particular conversations. And I would venture to say even um, I think with with my generation, there was a kind of a lack of knowledge on how to approach those conversations because we're, we're told, again, you don't want to um, make somebody feel bad. You don't want to hurt somebody's self-esteem. Now we're really looking at, at making sure even starting out as children that we're boosting people constantly. And so any little thing that might be counterintuitive to that we do just avoid um, because we don't know how to approach the conversations. And I, you know, that's a, that's a shift Mm -hmm. in workplace mindset over the decades. And of course, you know, parenting changed Mm -hmm. and how we approach our employees in the workplace has changed. So there is that understanding of don't damage esteem of your Mm -hmm. employees. And sometimes that led to then avoiding having those honest conversations because we, didn't quite know how to have that honest conversation and thinking it was an either or. You know, if I had an honest conversation with you, I didn't know how to keep your esteem intact. Therefore, I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, no news is good news. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, and what's unfortunate about that is then as a manager, let's say, I let that inappropriate behavior continue. And as an employee, the employee is like, well, they're not saying anything, so I must be doing it right. And they kept on doing it and other people saw it being done. So maybe they adopted that inappropriate behavior as well. And now we've got a whole room full of Mm -hmm. people doing something and a manager that's now like, oh, wow, I just really let that get out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of teams operate in in a term that um, Patrick Lencioni talks about artificial harmony. Have you ever heard, you know, artificial armor, you're walking down the hallway, you bump into somebody you Mm -hmm. you might not necessarily trust so much or people that you avoid having these kind of conversations with. You ask the question, hi, how are you? But you really don't want a response from that person. Right. So we operate in this sense of of artificial harmony with one another often. Well, and I think it it truly does come down to and I, I love the reference to the emotional bank accounts, because if you haven't really spent time investing into some of those interpersonal relationships in your workplace, then it's absolutely going to be a lot more difficult for you to be comfortable with having a difficult conversation because you are taking away, you are kind of going into the red then. Um, And so we assume that people should just kind of know that we don't like this or we don't like that and and not actually and just avoid the conversation right. altogether. Right. I think, you know, sometimes I hear this, you know, as a reason why I'm not having an honest conversation. Um, and, and again, there's lots of different reasons. So can't presume this, but, oh, I don't have the time. Mm. I don't have the time. And, you know, I always say, well, it's going to be time spent up front or trust me, it's going to be time spent on the back end trying to manage some of these things that have gotten away because we we didn't spend time either at the at the point that that behavior happened or at the point where that conversation should have happened. And now we're trying to manage either the room full of 
of behaviors or issues, or we're having to manage it on the back end. So it's going to happen. Would you rather invest up front in having that honest conversation and just nipping it in the bud, so to speak? Or, you know, it's going to happen on the back end and it's probably going to take a whole lot longer. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to have to manage all of the behaviors that are going to come out of not handling it up front. So guess what? You're you're going to take the time. It's just where are you going to take it? Yeah. On the front end or the back end. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I hear a lot and um, with a lot of our participants that we've even had specifically in our supervisory certificate series, you know, in those new supervisors, it's uh, not really knowing or wanting in some cases to deal with the emotions that come from these difficult conversations. Oh, they don't have to be new. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't like emotions. I don't like them. I don't like to deal with emotions. I don't even like deal with my own emotions. Not that I don't like to deal with them. I don't just don't like to have them. I just, ugh. you know, you know me. I don't like them. Yeah. And I'm just the exact opposite. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, just, I open my mouth and out comes an emotion. You know, I know. All the time. You all the time. emotional people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it is difficult, I think, for people to be able to know how to handle them, you know, kind of appropriately, mm-hmm. how to be able to sense the emotion that you're having, how to be able to actually identify the emotion that you're having so that you can more adequately deal with that emotion. And I, you know, I think that's a good point. I think as I've grown and I think, you know, and I keep telling people out there that are like me, you know, that really don't have that natural empathy. And that's where I rely on you guys, Mm -hmm. right? That's how we use each other as a team. It is hard sometimes to perceive, like look at somebody and go, okay, they're sad, they're stressed. But you can learn that. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to let somebody sit in those emotions. That just because somebody's having an emotion doesn't mean you have to fix it. Or you know? that you have to feel the same thing. No, right? exactly. Yeah. But just perceiving it. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to let people have an emotion um, and not have to feel like you've got to bring them back to happy. Right. You know, that it is okay to end a conversation in an emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, that's okay. Yours or theirs. Um, And so that that's fine. That's a fine place to end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think something else I hear frequently is that uncomfortable silence that sometimes you have to sit in in some of these conversations. And sometimes you do need a break. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you do. I, I think getting a, a little bit of a timeout um, kind of helps everybody's emotions kind of soften a little bit, maybe get some perspective in that gap of time. I, I think that can actually help when you're dealing with that honest conversation if people have gotten emotional, because when they're emotional, they're not necessarily rational. Mm-hmm. And so they're not really dealing with the content of the conversation any longer. They're having to deal with their emotional mm-hmm. side of it. Mm-hmm. And so so I think having that space between what's being said and why it's being said and the motivation behind it and and really processing logically it is OK to say, you know what, let's let's come back to this in you know, 15, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever, and, and talk about it then. Mm-hmm. And it's OK. I think you bring up a good point there when you talk about the motivation behind it. You know, that's the whole idea. When you start these honest conversations, it has to be out of a, a 
place of goodness, you know, that you're truly trying to invest in somebody else's self-awareness, you know, awareness of their their behaviors. But we have to be cognizant of, of that. Oh, absolutely. You know, what is your motivation for having the conversation? Is it about bringing an issue out into the open and um, at the same time kind of preserving the relationship in a way that we can both be productive and right. move forward? Or is your motivation about putting this person in their place? Right. Is it about, you know, tearing somebody down? I think start before you even have a conversation, an honest conversation with somebody, you really do need to examine your motivations. Why is it that you feel that you need to have this conversation to begin with? And to really look at yourself, what is your true motivation? I think that kind of jumps me into my next question then for you guys as we think about this. Um, certainly motivation being something we need to think about, but how else can we have more honest conversations in the workplace? Well, one thing I would encourage people to take a look at, um, you know, we all in some of these kinds of conversations, you'll notice that people will uh, end up with some fight or flight behaviors. Another way to think about that is silence or violence types of behaviors. And so being able to kind of recognize when people are moving into that fight or flight type of situation and then maybe giving them the space uh, to, again, internally deal with those. But at the same time, the conversation needs to get out on the table, right? Our our true feelings, our true viewpoints need to be discussed. You know, that's what it means to have an honest conversation with people. So be on the lookout for those. Are people getting angry and defensive? You know, that's more of a, of a, of a fight type of behavior. Or are people masking their true opinions or masking their true feelings and saying, Oh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. But in fact, they really don't, you know, so you need to kind of take a look and see if you can, you know, spot those kinds of things and then maybe help people process those particular emotions they're having. Yeah, I I think, too, as a leader, you know, as a manager before you need to have one of these types of conversations, you know, so in in moments that are calm and and, you know, quote unquote normal, you know, in, in the regular conversations that you as a, as a leader have with your team, I would definitely think that it's okay to set up the expectation that, you know, we, we do value one another and I want us to have honest conversations. So almost setting that expectation up is this is how we're going to play together. These are the types of relationships I want to develop with my team. And so establishing that expectation that we will speak honestly um, with one another and again, we're not needing to have one right now. So now's the best time to talk about them and talk about what they will look like. And maybe even how will we enter into an honest conversation with one another? You know, so really kind of taking it when we're calm and setting that expectation up. And then guess what? Following through. Mm -hmm. Following through. Don't just give it lip service. But then at the point that you need to have the honest conversation, calling it out and saying, you know what, I feel that we're agreeing here, but I don't necessarily see that we're agreeing. So let something needs to surface right now. You know, and so everybody's like, yep, that'll work. Mm -hmm. You're hearing that, but you're seeing people not really agreeing. Does that make sense? Oh, so absolutely. I'm hearing it, but I'm not seeing it. Mm -hmm. right. So that would be a point where you would go back to the expectation that you set and you would say, what's up? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think then once a leader sets the expectation and then calls it out when it's not actually being met, gives the team like, oh, she means what she says. Mm -hmm. And 
when we do that repeatedly, guess what? The team will start doing it for itself. Yeah. And you know, that's really hard to do sometimes, Ray, especially when you're you're trying to have an honest conversation maybe with somebody um, who has a little bit more authority than you do, you know, your boss, those kinds of things. So I, I think you're right, though, is it's about going to them and, and maybe giving them a little bit of space, and, but coming back to it and saying to themselves, you know, yesterday, I, I need to talk to you about, here's my observations. Uh, I, I think that's just really, really key. But do the leaders set the example that it's okay for people to come to them and, and give them feedback about their own performance? Yeah. Yeah. You've got to know your relationship. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And depending, I mean, if if it's something you at if you're the leader and it's something that happens while the team is assembled, that's one thing. If you're not the leader and you might probably not want to call your leader out in the group. So you have to, you know, you got to be smart mm-hmm. about how you're going to meet that expectation. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But I love what you said there uh, as far as <clears throat> my observation. And I say that because you're really focused, I think, in these conversations on the actual behaviors that you saw, not Definitely. your judgments, not, you know, how you feel about the person. This is what you saw or what you heard that led you to needing to even have this conversation right. with them. hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, again, we don't want to make judgments about people. We want to talk about facts. We want to talk about, um, you know, when we communicate, we communicate all kinds of things, don't we? We sometimes communicate facts. Those, I think, are the least controversial, you know, sometimes. But then we also communicate our opinions. We communicate, um, you know, all kinds of things to people, you know, our feelings, our emotions, you know, but getting back to those honest observations, those facts, I think is the way to keep these conversations going. I agree. Stick with something that is objective mm-hmm. in observation that both if, you know, if I were to bring back that memory um, that you could see what I saw. Now, why I'm bringing up the memories because I felt this way based on what I heard or what I saw and take responsibility for that um, as opposed to we, mm-hmm. you know, you can't sure. speak for we, right? We felt this way. Um, don't, don't do that. But I saw or I heard for sure. And I, I would even go so far and I know it's semantics, but just in my experiences, um, if you want to talk about somebody's attitude, if that ever comes up and I, I get questions about it, you know, somebody's got a bad attitude, somebody's got a negative attitude. I would really caution you to use the word attitude when you're talking about somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a bad attitude. You have a negative attitude. I would turn that word attitude because people will cop one right there. Um, and I would use the word, I would go back to behavior right? and just, just swap out that word attitude, maybe go back to the word behavior or conduct because it's just a little less challenging. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because when you say the word attitude, it's a judgment call on somebody. <laughs> it right? is. It you just... know, when you tell me I have a bad attitude, that's like my mom telling me how to live my life. That is yeah. just not going to happen. <laughs> right. Um, but when you tell me, Dewey, you raised your voice. Dewey, you told me to speak to the hand. Those are actual behaviors, right, that Ray's mentioning here. So another one that gets me, Ray, is the, uh, you hear it a lot today, is um, the work ethic. These 
People oh. don't have a good work ethic. Mm. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, is it because they come in late every day? That's a specific behavior right. as opposed to a poor work right. habit. Yeah. Well, that's like when people say, oh, you know, you're not motivated. And I'm like, oh, no, everybody's motivated. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're they're just maybe not motivated the same you are, but everybody's motivated. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a work ethic. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just not the same as your work ethic. That's right. Right. That's so, right. you know, let's talk behaviors and not necessarily attitudes. So. Let me ask this, as we think about obviously coming out and having this honest conversation with folks, then I think, and I want your your all's opinion on this, I think there's also an opportunity or room for, for kind of inquiring into how the other person receives some of that information. So you can kind of bring the conversation full circle again. So even though I'm coming at this with, here's my observation based off of these behaviors, maybe following up with the question, some sense of curiosity, what do you think about that? How did you see it? You know, maybe having something like that, do you find that to be productive in some of these conversations or does it simply need to be just having that honest, here's what I saw? Oh, yes. I think asking a lot of questions um, and maybe guiding the conversation through the questioning process is a great idea. You know, by asking questions, you're demonstrating that you're not making assumptions, that you're not jumping to conclusions. You know, sometimes even as a leader, if you even know exactly what goes on, I still like to ask the question just to, you know, verify that um, I have not jumped to the wrong conclusion or I have not made the wrong assumption about something. So I think it's really important. And, you know, the other thing about this, Brianna, I think is so critical is the ability to listen well. Mm -hmm. People are going to have difference of opinion. People have different perspectives. And so that whole saying of when things become furious, you need to remain curious, right? You need to really listen to what people are saying and um, really observe their behavior to kind of understand their emotions so that we can get back onto something that's a lot more productive rather than just dealing with the the baggage of the emotions that happen. A lot of times it has a lot to do with the person who's needing to give this honest feedback is dealing with a lot of their own insecurities. Sure. Right. They don't want to be perceived as the bad guy so to speak. Um, They don't want to derail the person sitting across, you know, the table from them. You know, this person has to go back and do work um, or I don't want this person to go and talk negatively to the coworkers about me. I mean, you know, sometimes it's it's very much that's why I don't want to give this person negative feedback or I fear the ramifications Mm. of having this honest conversation with them. And so, that might prevent me from giving this person honest feedback. You know, sometimes it's hard to even start a conversation. Anybody got any tips about, you know, when you when you need to have these honest conversations with people, um, tips on how to start one? Oh, I always have, like, what's going to be my first line? Like, mm-hmm. if I could just get my first couple of lines down, don't script, but at least how how are you going to start? How are you going to summon the person to your office? You know, if that's the thing or, you know, and how are you going to start? And I would just be very honest 
upfront. I would let them know if this is going to be a difficult conversation, I would let them know that. Mm-hmm. I would let them know. And it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to say, you know, I, I'm going to share some difficult news with you or this is going to be hard for me, but I need to be really honest with you about something that happened yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, and just boom, just lay it down. You're prepared. They're prepared. And then if you know what their history is, mm-hmm. right, if, if they're usually a person that, you know, Dewey, you had mentioned acquiesces, you know, so they give in, you know, that they're naturally a, a flea type person, you know, so the flight person, they're probably not going to respond up front. Right. So you've got to have some questions to kind of prime the pump. If they're on the fight side of things, they're probably going to be really ready mm-hmm. to attack or be very autocratic in, in their response. So be prepared for that. But I like to have like, what are my first two or three key things I've got to say to get myself going? Mm-hmm. Because my heart's going to be pounding a little bit, especially if I know this is going to be difficult. Yeah. And it's 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 interesting when you say that, Ray, because I think a lot of people when they when they go into these kind of conversations, they don't want to take on their own issues. They don't want to own their own issues, right? So they say things something like, "It's been brought to my attention." Right. Because they don't want to be the ones to say, you know, this is what I observed. You know, they're 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 trying to soften it, I think. And by softening it, I don't think it has as much impact. I don't think, you know, they're just trying to avoid responsibility with those kind of statements. Right. And, you know, I think it's perfectly fine to say, you know, I um, I want to have a a conversation about your professional conduct Mm -hmm. in yesterday's meeting. Mm hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I think that's fair. And it doesn't make it, it it doesn't make it all, un you know, mushy in the person's head about what is the person really trying to say? Because we know that communication is very, very difficult through the encoding and decoding process sure. um, from individual to individual. We all have different styles. And so I think something just being that, um, I don't say abrupt, but in a, in a way abrupt, that is what we are, are looking to achieve with these conversations. Make it as clear and as succinct as possible. Right. Be, be clear clear and concise. I think, you know, think about your tone of voice. Think about your body language. We know that how you say what you say, it has a lot more impact than the words you use. So be clear and concise, but say it in a tone that says, I actually care about you and I want this to be a way that we can move forward together. Definitely. And be prepared because it's probably or may not be the only conversation that you have to have about this. You're right. You mentioned the very beginning, follow up. So be prepared for those continuous conversations. I want to thank everybody out there for listening to The Weekly Workplace and go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu.